0: Good afternoon everybody. I am here with Makita. is a freelance writer out of Edmonton and I am so excited to have her on the podcast today. I think there's going to be lots that you can learn from her and she's just a wealth of knowledge not just on paper but in person as well. So I want you guys to meet Makita. Hey everybody. So, Makita, are you from Edmonton or are you not from Edmonton? Like, tell me how you ended up in Edmonton as a freelance writer, because I think a lot of people think they can't make it at Edmonton as a freelance writer.
1: Sure. Well, I actually uh, am from Toronto. I was born and raised. I've been in Edmonton for about four years now. I actually came here for work. Uh, I worked for the first two years of being here. And then uh, about two and a half years in, I would say I was able to uh, become self-sufficient. Um, but please keep in mind, it took like 365 days of putting in work, marketing, um, going to meetups, et etc. et cetera. So it So it, it took a bit of time to get where I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. So what were you doing for work before
1: you were freelance writing? Sure, I worked at uh, Chartered Professional Accountants. I was the marketing lead there. Uh, a good year because the, the company didn't quite have a blueprint of where they wanted to go with their marketing plans so they gave me a lot of space to be free I wasn't micromanaged uh, much so I think because of that experience it helped me a bit to be disciplined on my own uh, as a freelancer.
0: Oh that's super awesome and I love how you brought up work like you were doing 365 days a year of work so how long would you say you spent kind of building your freelance business? I'd say about three or four hours a day, Monday through Friday,
1: I I had to, there was no choice but to uh, get my name and uh, what I do out there through different methods like uh, search engine optimization, guest blogging, um, and even just going into the Edmonton community and meeting other entrepreneurs that aren't specifically writers but people that are in
0: search of writers or freelancers in general. Mm -hmm. And so for how many years would you say you were putting in three to four hours a day? Four years, and I still do today. <laughs> <laughs> was there
1: like a vacation day in there to give people hope? or On vacation, um, I take like one or two weeks of vacation throughout a year, but there were still some times where if I had downtime, I was still still just either finishing assignments or actually still marketing online.
0: Yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, you never really go to sleep in yeah. <laughs> your business. She's like shaking her head, she's like, yeah. <laughs> You're like in bed thinking about your business. So... Maybe, I I just realized a lot of people might not even know what a freelancer is. So can you kind of describe what it is you do? Sure. So a a freelancer is, I wouldn't
1: say an independent contractor, but it's somebody who is a sole proprietor. So you're basically self-employed. You have to do your own taxes. Um, I call it wearing a lot of hats. So in addition to marketing and doing your own taxes, you have to do your own invoicing. You have to negotiate. um, You have to correspond with clients and et cetera, et cetera. So it's basically running a business from home, from Starbucks or wherever you're actually located. You can lease. The space if that's what you so desire, um, but it, it's basically being a small independent contractor on your own as a business owner.
0: Okay, and so what do you do when you're independent contracted by people?
1: Um, Basically what they do is they give me instructions on what they need, so for example if somebody wants me to do a business plan, uh, they give me a set of instructions, we negotiate the rate and then I will try to start off with like a table of contents before I start producing the entire document just to make sure that it's in line with what the client is looking for. So it's a a number of different things, uh, business writing,
0: marketing writing and technical writing okay I love that you said business plan because I think as entrepreneurs a lot of us forget that we need to make a business plan until we're at the bank and they're like you have a business plan you're like what just not what's in my head (laughs) so uh, what type of business plans like do you offer do you like working with um, in case any entrepreneurs that are listening to this need a business plan Sure. So there are two types. Um, The external type is the one that Odian just mentioned, where you uh,
1: have your financials, uh, your marketing strategy, an introduction of who you are, your team, if you do have a team, if you can afford to have a team, um, and basically what you offer, including your competitors and what makes you different from, let's say, if you're a marketing writer, what makes you different from the marketing firm down the street or Uh, the top marketing professional in your location. So uh, internal business plans, they're typically used to send to executives, but uh, somebody who's interested in being uh, a freelancer, you you might want to put together uh, an external one for sure.
0: Okay, and would you do uh, the research for someone or do you need them to do their own research or how does that work for somebody? Um, I
1: I tend to do my own uh, research for the client on competitors and then if there's internal information that I can't access on the internet I ask them for it but uh, business plans you usually have to do a lot of research Uh, sometimes they take weeks days months Uh, it really depends on what direction you're planning to go on okay and
0: so what do you think like I always like to ask people this but what do you think made it so that you decided you wanted to be like a freelance writer? Did you kind of know from being a baby you wanted to write? Or uh, what Like, what was it that you just were like, you know what, I kind of want to run my own writing business. Was there other little businesses beforehand? What got you there? Uh, well, in elementary school, my English
1: teacher uh, pulled me to the side. I had to write a fictional story. And um, she told me that I should stick with journalism. Um, So I went to school for journalism and I ended up going into the direction of marketing, which is great because it's helping me today. But I think the inspiration really came from uh, reading blogs and watching YouTube videos of people who kind of brag about their success. Um, Once I started to realize that freelancing, it's not just a hobby, can be, but you can turn it into something more
0: than that, that's when I realized there's something here and I should tap into it. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, I should probably let everyone know why they're hearing birds in the background. We're not just chilling on some wonderful ocean, but we are actually enjoying the wonderful weather outside. And um, for me, that's one of my favorite parts about being an entrepreneur is I kind of get to decide where my meetings are. So after this, we're going to have ice cream. (laughs) For you, what would you say your favorite part about being an entrepreneur is?
1: Uh, I'd have to say just being able to, like, travel and work. Um... Because sometimes when I visit family, its I mean, it sounds exotic, but when people, majority of the people in your life have to work Monday through Friday and you go to visit them, uh, I don't know, I just can't sit there for eight hours uh, watching TV until family uh, gets home. So I think it's just being able to be portable with my laptop and being able to travel or sometimes just
0: sitting in. Uh, In a client's office if that's what they want uh, to get the job done Mm. and I'm gonna kind of go back to your marketing a little bit so in your opinion what is the best thing new entrepreneurs do in their marketing and the worst thing they do because you're kind of going through the motions right now and you have the marketing background so what would you say is kind of like the number one thing a lot of entrepreneurs are doing right and the number one thing they're doing wrong I'd say social media I think Pretty much everybody's on social media
1: and that's great. I think what they're doing wrong, uh, new freelancers, is really just pushing people, pushing in people's face this is what I do and this is what I have to offer. Because I don't want to be frank, but people don't really care what you have to offer. People care about value and what you can add to their lives, so that goes back to what I was talking about blogging or maybe guest blogging and trying to come up with tips and advice to give your target audience and that's how you kind of attract them to come to your website or inquire about what you have to offer.
0: Mm, I love that. Actually, I just had a discussion with somebody on Instagram. I liked one of their posts and right away they messaged me like, Oh, I'm glad you liked my post. By the way, um, my product's on sale this week and this, this and this. And one, I'm just notoriously for liking something. I'm like, Oh, if you took the time to post it, you get a like from me. So if you want more likes, probably you should follow me. But... Uh, I was just kind of, and I, I had saved it cause I was like, maybe in the future I'll look more into this product. But I kind of felt like I was being pushed at that time. Yeah. So I messaged her and I said, Hey, just so you know, like maybe you should try to like maybe ask someone how their day is before you sell them something. I don't know if that's actually working for you. And, uh... She told me that that was amplifying her business, mm. but then when I looked at like her followers and how long she'd been in business for, it was very low. Right. so do you think it's better to be kind of getting the revenue, so to speak, or do you think it's better to get the followers and why
1: that's a good question um... I think followers uh, with time. I can't say overnight or within two months or a year. But with followers, uh, you can turn that into a sales opportunity. It's kind of like the sales funnel. If you guys are out there on, if you're close to a computer or on your phone, just Google what sales funnel means, because the first uh, part is really, sure. The first part of is really uh, attracting your followers, attracting your audience, people that are going to continue to. Uh, wait for what you're going to put out there next and then with time when they start to feel comfortable then that can be converted into an actual sale so that's that's where you want to be don't worry about the money now if you're new and starting out just try to get people to stay addicted to what it is that you're offering mm.
0: yeah um and speaking of being of being addicted <laughs> um we kind of get addicted to money. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur or a business person. We all have some kind of bad relationship with money or shoes or something. And you, you've you had exposure to accounting companies and business. So what do you think is, um, like, if you could pass one piece of advice to someone about their financials, what would it be? Live below your means. Um You might get, I don't know, maybe
1: your biggest check. You get excited and you want to run to coach or you want to run to, I don't know, the Marc Jacobs store and get yourself a fancy watch. Just remember, if you're planning on doing this full time, you have to have money uh, saved. And if you're uh, about risks and taking chances, money invested, because uh, you'll have some slow days and you'll have some busy days as well. But as long as you know that you have money sitting around where that can I don't know take care of yourself for the next six months if you were to experience a dry spot then I think then that you'll be in a a good situation long term
0: yeah dry spots are the worst (laughs) as an I think for me that was one of the hardest lessons I had to learn when I went like um, all in because in my line of work, I have vendors that if I wanna work with a lot of bigger companies, I have to accept their terms of payment. I can't tell them like, no, you pay me today. And so there's some that um, have up to 90 days to pay me after I do the work. So is that something you find or are you, do you only work with people who kinda honor your payment terms or how do you deal with that? That's a good question.
1: Um, And I agree. I I have some clients that pay me uh, on the first of the month um, and that it just is what it is. I've tried to negotiate and, you know, you have to respect your client's terms. If it's a situation where it's, I don't know, two or three months, you can always say no, but uh, make sure that you have something like a buffer of other clients that are continuously paying you before you say no. Um, But yeah, sometimes you get paid on the spot within 24 hours a week, once a month. And like I said, that it goes back to being a good money manager and being able to make sure that you have available resources to wait until the first of the month comes, for example.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first of the month is, I always think of that Bone thugs and harmony yeah. song. <laughs> right? I think that's like our inner 90s, were you a 90s child? Yeah, so yeah. Right. <laughs> the 90s will always bring us back. <laughs> um, so speaking of bringing us back, Um, When you're starting to get stressed as an entrepreneur, like just sitting with you, you're like the most mellow, calm person, but like I'm assuming you get the entrepreneur stress. (laughs) How do you bring yourself back to like zen or center, just like to a place where it's not so bad, so to speak? I like to go
1: hiking. Um, And if I don't have time to hike, obviously if I have a lot of things to do during the day, I try to call that go-to person, whether it's a family member or a best friend or just a loved one pick up the phone and tell them about, uh, how I'm feeling. Uh, if you're able to network with other freelancers, that's another, I mean, you don't want to dump your issues on other freelancers, but they've gone through it before. So when you tell them about a certain scenario, maybe somebody doing the nine to five may not understand versus a freelancer. So try to build like a network of, uh, people in your industry or, you know, a support system of people that will have your back and try to, to keep you to keep, on the journey, uh, without giving up during the hard times,
0: yeah, because there definitely is hard times, yeah. and I think when someone doesn 't have their own business or doesn't have to deal with the volatility that can happen, it 's harder for them to support mm-hmm. you um I know my mom's always like i don't get why you don't just have a real job, or my mom thinks i don't have a job some days, and she 's like, "So like you can just do nothing this afternoon right i 'm like, "No, I have work, and so um I don't know what your background is. I feel like it's kind of similar to mine culturally. Uh, but do you find that coming from um, the cult, like, if you want, you can tell people where your background's from. If not, sure. that's fine. Uh, but do you find that sometimes it makes it harder for them to understand you being an entrepreneur, or does it make it easier? Uh, well, my
1: mother, she's from Barbados, and my dad, he was born here, but he has like an East African connection. So, um,. I'm going to have to say my parents, even though they're not full-time entrepreneurs, I think they always kind of believed in my writing. I think if they didn't think I was a good writer, I don't think they would give me um, the support that I would need. So, um, yeah, but going back to what uh, you're saying, Odian, there are some cultures that just, they're, you know, some of you that are listening, you probably know what I'm talking about, like the whole entrepreneur, freelancer, YouTube thing, it just sounds very, very far-fetched. Um, but just, a
0: good government
1: job right <laughs> yeah. so don't give up um, keep going and just remember if there are other people out there that can do it you can do too
0: hmm do you find um, was there ever any like family member or friend that you had to set kind of almost clear boundaries with or even remove from your life while you're on this entrepreneurial journey and if so why do you think removing them or limiting access to them so to speak was the best decision for you that's a good one. Um,
1: I do remember I think the first year that I started um, full time I I had friends who would literally call me during the day and they would just repeatedly keep calling me because they thought okay well she's working at home so she should be able to answer her phone and um, it's a little frustrating uh, but it's just like a conversation that you have to have and there are moments where I just really wanted to uh, get upset and just kind of explain to them that um, it's just a conversation I, I don't think I've had to cut people off, I've had to distance myself from some people because they just don't get it, they don't understand Um, and even when you're telling them I'm doing well, it's just this belief well you're not not in a 9 to 5 so how could you be doing well and those are the people that I tend to, I I keep them in my life but I keep them at a very very, uh, I keep them at a base so to say. uh,
0: Yeah, kind of maybe to like a social media friendship. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's like I I could I feel like I could talk about like the friends and family aspect forever because you never know how you have to almost grow as a person to be able to handle them. Um, so speaking of handling too, like friends and family, sometimes you have to handle, and handle is just, it sounds so mean, but that's the best word I'm getting. So um, the contractors that you deal with. So have you ever had to kind of fire, I put in quotations, a client and why did you do that and how did you feel afterwards I had to once
1: uh well actually a couple of times more recently I had a a client that wanted me to do a project for them and they had pulled the plug on a certain stipulation that was part of the project and they didn't want to pay me but at the same time they because we've been working for like a year and a half they had additional assignments that they wanted me to do and I just had to say listen um This particular stipulation this is not my fault this is something that you added in the assignment and I will not be doing any more work moving forward until I get paid and I'm still kind of waiting for that payment but it's a part of the it's part of the freelance life so yeah you guys might have to get used to rare situations like that just don't make it a habit just um, with time you'll get used to kind of discerning Potential clients like the ones that take too long to get back to you in the beginning may take long to get paid uh, To actually pay you so with experience You'll kind of be able to figure out who's gonna be reliable with payment and who's not so that Mm -hmm. comes with experience though
0: and like I know so many I know so many entrepreneurs that are scared to fire a client, so to speak, or kind of put their foot down like you did. Were you um, nervous afterwards about what you did? Did you feel relieved? like what were the emotions that you went through so that someone who ever ha- does have to fire a client kind of knows what to expect or possibly expect?
1: I was disappointed because it was a reliable client that paid on time i I don't know if they made a mistake or not or maybe somebody new on the team uh, messed up but um, it was frustrating again because I knew they were reliable from the beginning but uh, when that happens you just kind of have to look at it like your time is very very precious so if you're wasting your time with a client that um, doesn't give you the right direction or keeps making changes and not realizing that you're dedicating your time and your energy to finishing something. Um, you really have to think that that could be time that you're actually dedicating to a a client or a company that will take you seriously and will respect you. So uh, cutting ties with uh, potential clients or clients, it can be frustrating, but just remember your time is valuable and that could be time with a company that will um, be a good match.
0: Mm -hmm. That's always something I wish I knew in the beginning that what my time was valuable and really understood that although there's 24 hours in the day, there's only one me and I still have to do my laundry and all those other things. So what would be the one thing you wish you had known right at the beginning that you do now? I would say, hmm, if I said, I would say if
1: I set a rate, don't uh, don't go below it um, because it goes back to your time. Uh, I know in the beginning I used to take on a lot of jobs at really low pay. And then after about six or eight months, I started to be able to have a little bit more uh, negotiation uh, pull, so to say. Um, but I wish I had stuck with certain rates uh, in the beginning, because when I think back, though those clients that didn't want to pay me what I was worth, it didn't. It wasn't long term. And I, again, I could have been using that time to be finding other clients that would pay me what
0: I would do, deserve. So just think about that, guys. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of finding clients, you did say earlier that you used meetup groups a lot. Um, were there particular styles of meetup groups that helped you or what would you say about that? And what other ways did you kind of like network and find clients? Um, I think word of mouth. I, I always
1: tell everybody. I tell the world. I tell social media, all my friends, family, anybody who meets me, who asks me, what is it that you do? I, I always let them know. And if they ask for a business card, I give it. Um, I I like going to local meetups as well, sometimes even small ones, because, uh, and not one specifically for freelancers, but one specifically for people in the room who are entrepreneurs, because there's always at least one or two people in the room that might need your services. And even if you go to, uh, even if I go to an event and I don't necessarily uh, build a transaction, you might meet that person again, and then it can turn into something more than just, hey, you know what I mean? So uh, focus your time on online but take it offline because if you're a web designer for example and there are not many out there who are full-time you just own the space in Edmonton or the Yukon or wherever you are so don't be afraid to get out there and show your face because people actually want to um, connect with people in person it's actually easier to uh, build a rapport than it is online in my opinion. Yeah I
0: think Because I think they say now online, it takes like 12 times you touching someone, but in person it's five and not literally touching anybody. (laughs) That's true. Um, And so that's something that I think is like, when you brought up the networking, that's something that I think we all forget sometimes is that a transaction might not happen right away. And I know I can always tell someone who's looking to like close business in that one hour because I call them the drive bys and they're going right up to everyone giving out their business cards as yeah. fast as possible. Like like I don't even know your name. Like what just happened? Was that the flash? Right. It's true, yeah. <laughs> so um, do you think with going into networking events it's important to have that mindset? Of um, you're going out there to get your face out there or what mindset do you personally go in with? Um, I'm a learner so I always
1: try to just go and learn and listen to people talk Um, I think there's something that you can learn even if you're in a room full of I don't know plumbers if they're self-employed plumbers or they're contractors, there's something that you can learn from them. At, at the end of the day, business is business, and even if somebody's selling ice cream or if somebody's selling shoes, it's all transitional. It's all, it's all the same thing at the end of the day. It's about the transaction and networking and um, connecting with people. So I think for me, I, I try not to go to, to networking events hoping that I can close a deal. I just want to learn and talk to people and see where their mind is at and
0: see what tips and tricks they have to offer for, for what they do every day yeah that's um so important I think because I like I'm like you I love learning and people I everyone calls me the UFI the useless fact informer (laughs) cuz like even at a plumber convention so to speak I'd be like how do I get all the hair out of my pipes because I think my pipes are a death trap of hair and um, so for me personally I know there's so many relationships that have helped my business that you wouldn't expect because we're in different streams of business So, for example, uh, Kim from Radon Radar in Edmonton and surrounding areas, I love her, I'm a little bit biased now, but I know nothing about radon or chemical transactions or anything, and she taught me all of these things, and I love helping people write their own books now, and so she wanted to write her own book. So I helped her with that, and she's um, referred me three new clients since then, and they're more like the personal book writing experience, which I like a little bit more than the technical let's learn about science. (laughs) So um, I think it's so important to understand that relationships will shock you, and it's to never judge someone based off their job title or their clothing or their appearance or any of those kinds of things, no matter how easy it is. So... um, based off like online or in-person networking events is there somebody that was like really memorable for you or that helped your business that you least expected to help your business um
1: i would say i don't want to say the person's name but they are a real estate guru in toronto and uh i think i saw him go from like seminar to seminar and now he's doing really really well um and he he has just like a really good attitude about life and um, he 's doing a lot of YouTube uh, videos right now, and uh, every time I see him, he just always has the same smile um, he 's always very passionate about who he 's talking to, even if he 's talking to somebody that maybe shouldn 't be at his seminar. He always gives everybody his time, and I think that 's an attitude that um, you as a potential or upcoming or season freelancer have to keep in mind is uh, just always respect people and always give people your time, even if it 's just five seconds give prospect, give your neighbor, you never know what can happen. There's
0: there's so much that you can learn out there uh, in life. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Um, B&Is are notorious for giver's gain mentality, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that we all need to have in life in giving someone that necessarily five seconds, because mm-hmm. we never know how it's going to make them feel. But I know, because I will. I will never tell someone to do something that I don't know is hard, so to speak. And there's days where you're just having really bad days, like your boyfriend or girlfriend sucks, your dog pooped all over the house. <laughs> like <laughs> she's like, she's like, I've been there. I've been there. Your cat, uh, you know, your mother's nagging you, even though you don't live in the same city, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so for me, that always like drives me. I, most of the time, I know how to deal with it, but every once in a while, it all seems to happen on the same day, and I'm supposed to be going to a networking event. So I for me, I have a certain song list that I listen to because it just kind of makes me feel all happy. And so if you ever drive by me, and I'm like throwing my arms in the air, it's because I'm listening to my 90s Feel Better playlist. But how do you put yourself in a better mind frame when it feels like everyone's crapping on your front lawn? <laughs> Well, I'll
1: bring it to music. Um, My favorite song is September by Earth, Wind and Fire. I I mean, there could be hail outside, there could be a tornado. I turn that song on and I feel like I'm on cloud nine. So get that playlist ready, guys.
0: (laughs) The playlist is huge. Like, it's really important if you spend a lot of time in your car as an entrepreneur to have a car, I call it the car school, Mm -hmm. right? So podcasts, Not actual books, people, but audio books, that kind of thing, just to use that opportunity to learn, but also use that opportunity to reset yourself because some days are harder than other days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So if you could tell like freelancers, entrepreneurs, whoever you want to tell something, what would you tell them about the journey they're going to go into kind of like leaving the nine to five world? Um, It's it's not
1: going to be easy. I I always tell people this uh, freelancing or just business in general, it's not for the faint of heart. If you can't take rejection, and I'm not talking about one or two rejection in a day, I'm talking about like you're sending out 100 emails and you get 50 rejection or maybe 95 rejected emails back. Or no answer. (laughs) Yes, there you go. You you have to get your mind um, ready for this. And I, I can't tell you specifically how to do that, but... Um, get your mind uh, strong, maybe by following motivational speakers or um, just really building a mastermind. Napoleon Hill calls it a mastermind of people who are maybe not particularly doing what you're doing, but you guys come together once a week or once a month and you can keep each other motivated. Um, Marketing is essential. If um, nobody knows who you are, they're not going to knock on your door. uh, And diversify. Okay, let's take, for example, your. I don't know, a photographer and you're really, really good at fashion photography, but maybe fashion is starting to dry up, uh, consider something else, I don't know, uh, wedding photography or uh, corporate photography, Um, just always learn constantly, be in the process of learning in your downtime, if you have the time, because the more you diversify in what you do, the more people you can help and the more
0: your business can grow. And is there any, um, kind of motivational people, either whether they be on like YouTube or article lists that are your favorites? Oh, I have
1: a ton of them. Um, I'm going to say Napoleon Hill. Uh, I really like, uh, listening to Oprah, like some of oh, the... Soul Saturdays? Yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. Um, hmm... Maybe some some entertainers as well, I like LeBron James, uh, whether you 're a Cleveland fan or whether you hate the fact he 's going to the Lakers, like everything that man says is just. It's phenomenal so I I always just try to gravitate towards real people in my world or just people on TV or motivational speakers that are uh, really progressive and they're successful and they're actually offering uh, information that can change
0: my life that's perfect yeah there's so many great ones Um, sports wise or like Napoleon Hill still doesn't not get enough credit for the stuff he created Um, have you ever read Outwitting the Devil? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm gonna add that to your reading list. Okay. Um, but I always tell everyone to listen to the audio of mm-hmm. that book because it was written like 1910, so it's really old English. Okay. And um, it talks about a lot of the things that can stop us, kind of on our dream journeys. Mm-hmm and he writes it in such an interesting way and sometimes it's even the littlest habit uh, like he talks about how smoking can hurt your business hmm. and like for me I know it's ice cream and I know we're going to have ice cream after this but I I could justify eating ice cream all day long and then I'm too chubby to even type anymore so <laughs> she's like oh, I'm like no it's fine I really <laughs> love ice cream that much <laughs> but that's that, that I know is like a habit and a crutch when I'm avoiding things sometimes so I had to really become aware that ice cream could be bad for me, so to speak. But he also talks about how um, sometimes people will be naysayers and it's not necessarily that they're a naysayer, but it's they've been conditioned to be a naysayer. Like if they grew up, kind of like how we were talking about our parents, um, Mm -hmm. if they grew up to only know... Like, you're won't, you only a lawyer and everything else is a bad idea. Well, they're not necessarily not believing in you, but they don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. So um, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you if they ever had any questions? And what kind of people do you prefer to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Y-E-G Writer.
1: You can also check out my website at FreelanceWriterEdmonton.com. Um, And yeah, you you can find uh, my email, my phone number there. Um, I'm open to hearing from uh, people who are interested in freelancing, entrepreneurs, people who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs. Um, Yeah, anybody who has any questions or uh, has anything to add to what I said or would
0: like to meet up, yeah, you can keep in touch perfect and you guys if you don't have your business plans yet i'm just gonna really put a push for you right now get your business plans written by makita because she is fabulous at that kind of stuff um is there anything else you just want to tell everybody before we kind of head out and go enjoy this weather with some beautiful ice cream um don't
1: take life too seriously set a plan but have a balance um whether you're working full-time and you're trying to get out of uh the nine to five or you're a part-time freelancer or whatever it is that you do have a balance have fun enjoy your life and of course work
0: hard and work smart while you can yeah smart not too hard That's smart (laughs) yes exactly perfect well i loved having you on the show today i'm gonna include all of her social media handles underneath if you guys need to get a hold of her and yeah make sure you let her know that you heard her on here and we will hopefully hear from her soon maybe she'll have more adventures for us yeah absolutely keep in touch perfect have a great day you guys bye bye